Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Luke and Pete Show. I am Luke Moore, of course, but my man Pete Donaldson is not with us today. He's uh, gallivanting around on his holidays. I know people will be scared about Pete's whereabouts and his, uh, and his well-being due to corona, but don't worry, he's on, a, he's on a planned trip and he will be back, we think, next week. But um, he's all fine. There's no need to worry about him. As, as, you, as regular listeners will know, I worry about him quite uh, quite a lot because he finds it very difficult to get through the day unscathed. Like, for example, um, last week, he not only forgot his keys in the office, he forgot his entire coat and got all the way home before he realised. Now, I'm obviously not doing the show on my own. That would be boring even for me. I'm absolutely delighted to say that from a fellow Stakhanov Stable podcast... The excellent revisiting. It's Laura Kirk. Hello. Hey, Laura. How are you doing? I'm good. I was waiting for you to kind of finish off that ode to Pete. Yeah. Um, you experienced that firsthand, I believe. I did actually. So I saw Pete coming out of the uh, the studio, looking cross, but you know how he normally looks. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, how how are you doing? He's like, I'm I'm, I'm not going to do his accent. I'm yeah. bloody annoyed. Yeah. I've got all the way home and I came back and I realised I didn't have my coat or my keys. <laughs> I was like, but it's freezing. How can yeah. you walk out of the studio without a coat? I guess it's because he's from the north of England. Something you or I would know nothing about. Totally. Yeah. And and on that note, do you think that um do you think you're you've got experience of, of Pete? He's not he we don't we don't um kind of exaggerate what he's like, do we? Not at all. The first time I met him, um I was one surprised at how small he is. Yeah, okay. I don't know in my head I had him as being tall, don't know why. Um but, but also, I was just intimidated by how strange she was. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. You know, this is on brand. Yeah. And I should expect it. But still, in person, yeah. you are just quite a strange human being. Because I said this to Marcus of Football Ramble Daily, and he said, oh, it's weird people, when people say that, because people do say it all the time. And because Marcus said, if anything, I think we downplay it. Oh, I, I yeah. agree. Also, yeah. because the first time I met him, he was wearing a checked suit <laughs> and I remember thinking uh, that's, that's that's not a bold look that's a bold look and, and brown shoes I think I think we were all just dressed casually yeah. I was like this looks like someone who's just kind of wandered off a stage show or yeah. something like really strange well I, I often call him a provincial hypnotist is what he looks yes, like yes yeah. exactly um, Laura tell us a bit about I mean you're the first by the, by the way you're the first female voice we've ever had on the show yeah smash that glass ceiling yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in podcast yeah because you have to be so qualified in, and in podcasting we do use the phrase female voice rather than just <laughs> woman uh, uh, tell us a bit about revisiting the show that you that you regularly present. Um, so revisiting uh, started as a show where we read out my teenage diaries. So I kept a diary from the uh, ripe age of thirteen, um, wrote in every day, and I stopped writing it when I was about nineteen at uni. So for the first couple of seasons, we uh, read aloud the most interesting bits of my diary, um, and we've also interviewed on the show. Lots of people who were, I guess, famous and have 
potentially featured in the diary during the mid-noughties. So yeah. Dick and Dom, um, Connie Huck, yeah. uh, Abs from Five. So all the, all the big people from the mid-noughties. Apart from uh, Andrew Flintoff. Apart from Andrew Flintoff, um, who is... Are you too scared to interview him? I don't think I'd be able to speak. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly don't. So and Flintoff features very heavily in my diaries. He was my hero. He was my god, as I yeah. described him. Um, I've met him once. And I was just a total mess. So I don't think I'd be able to actually conduct a decent interview with him. I think the photo I've seen... So for those who haven't heard Re- Revisiting, you should go and listen to it now. Just go and search Revisiting wherever you get your uh, your podcast and, and subscribe to that. It's, it's brilliant. Um, but the funny thing is, since I've got to know you through that, I remember when we first became friends on Facebook, there was a photo of you in Leicester Square with Andrew Flintoff, who, for those, again, who haven't heard, Andrew Flintoff... Like looms large throughout the whole period of your adolescence. So the picture of you sat, you're either standing with him or sat with him on some bench in Leicester Square because you've just bumped into him. And um, I don't want to, I don't want to be rude. This is this is difficult for me because I'm really rude to people all the time, and I don't want to be rude to you. <laughs> Go on, the uh, US. Your face is so red, it's almost as if you've seen, you know, like you've 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 been given the the, the key to life itself. <laughs> And you've just 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 uh, experienced it. I mean, it's not a good look for me either. So, um, for, for the listeners, I've got ginger hair. Yeah. So being bright red in the face yeah. is not a good look anyway. Yeah. And I also had no makeup on that day at all. So it's it's not a good photo of me. We, <laughs> we, we are actually we're not sat down. We're sort of squatting, which yeah. was a kind of really weird vibe because I was so flustered yeah. that I couldn't. Um, and I and I do quite fear this if I ever run into someone famous, which is I can't get my phone to like. The camera's yeah. the wrong way around. I'm yeah. like, I'm shaking and... What was he like? Really polite. Really, really polite. Um, and I was just babbling nonsense because I was trying to fill the silence during, I was, during the time I was like... Were you on to, your own? I was on my own. Well, um, that's not so bad then. No, but I mean, in the time it takes for me to essentially, you know, put the phone around, get the photo, like, yeah. right, I think I've said, I love you. <laughs> I've always loved you. <laughs> Um, I've got a photo of you on my wall and I've had it there since I was 13 and he was a bit like oh that's that's really nice <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking at least I'm in Leicester Square there's loads of people around I know and he's probably just yeah. like trying to carry on with his day and there's this bright red faced <laughs> panicky girl he probably still remembers that now I'm sure he does I reckon he went home <laughs> to his family that night and went e- you'll never guess what happened to me today <laughs> as long as he knows I, I exist then I'm fine with that Luke to be honest it's better than, yeah it's better than it used to be I guess yeah. <laughs> um, obviously um, so yeah go and listen to that now it's not all about Andrew Flintoff for those of you well, actually people might not even know who Andrew Flintoff is he's a famous cricketer in the UK for those or he was he's retired now for those of you listening now host of Top Gear now host of Top Gear and uh, I, I will say this I have no in- interest in cards no interesting cars whatsoever, but I will be there Sunday night, eight o'clock. Do you I'm still, do you still like it? Absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. My isn't boyfriend it? hates it because he's like, "You're just watching this because of Flintoff." I'm like, "Yeah, is that right?" <laughs> and, and your and your boyfriend's also Australian. Yeah. And Andrew Flintoff was the scourge mm-hmm. of the rest of cricket because he was obviously decent. So it must be particularly painful for your Australian boyfriend. Do you know what? I think one thing my boyfriend said is that actually people in Australia love Flintoff. Yeah. Um, it sort of transcends the rivalry because he's a decent. He just seems like a decent oh, bloke. The Australians will love him because he loves boozing. He loves boozing. He's yeah. a little bit overweight. Yeah, yeah he's a bit, exactly. He's a bit wacky. So he, he doesn't really mind it in that sense. But I think he 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 is more annoyed that every time he comes on screen, I'm like, ah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have put um, I should have put plastered uh, flints off pictures because I should say we were because of um, what's happening with coronavirus. We're actually recording this in my living room. 
uh, Laura Kirk has made the journey from just down the road actually to, to <laughs> we live alarmingly close yeah to my living room so the show sounds a bit different that's why it's not going to sound quite as different as when Pete and I were walking around New York City and we did a 10 minute detour to find uh, uh, lip balm that was a particular <laughs> highlight of the Luke and Pete show uh, people can <laughs> people people can make their own judgement on the quality of that content and they did and they very much did alright the bar is quite low though. <laughs> yeah I feel less but, nervous um, now you've um you presumably listened to a couple of these. I have. So it's the, 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 they're what me and Pete like to call, uh, well, actually, what I like to call the real test of a broadcaster. You've got to do half an hour about nothing, really. <laughs> Whereas Pete p- probably refers to it as, oh, that show that Luke makes me do every <laughs> Monday and is really boring about it and makes me go into this studio early in the morning and I don't want to do it. Well, when I texted you yesterday or a couple of days ago being like, do I need to prep anything? As soon as I sent it, I thought, I don't need to prep anything. No. I've heard this show. Yeah, you don't. There is no prep that's done, done for this show. You I don't. will prep nothing. What we do is we go into the studio. Um, say we have to start at nine. Pete um, gets in about five to nine. Mm-hmm. I'm already in the studio. I hear him come into the office. I hear him hang his coat up. He walks in. He turns the air conditioning unit off. He sits down. He hits the button. And then he just starts talking. That's talent. Don't say that though, because that's <laughs> that encouraging. Not, I think that's that's I encouraging think that's, him. I would love to be able to, and unfortunately I do, but not with the best results, rock up to my job yeah. with no prep, yeah. just sit down and deliver. Can't yeah, relate. You said it's talent, <laughs> but have you heard it? I have heard it. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't think there are enough shows where there is no actual subject to it. I think... Yeah. You know, people take people take podcasting quite earnestly, and I think there are not enough yeah. shows that are just about people talking. That's true. Give us um, give us a subject then. What have you been doing? Well, obviously, you know, limited by what's going on in the world. Uh, yeah, I'm tr- the reason I'm not addressing this is because if I if this was Pete, I would ask him. He would have some mad opinion about it, um, but. And he, but he's not here. So what I'd like to do is maybe give people a bit of a break because it's coronavirus everywhere. So maybe we can give them a little bit of a departure, a little bit of a holiday from it by just talking about general stuff. Just normal life. What do we do before? Yeah, but also obviously understand that you can't be irresponsible. We can't just go out and live our lives as we would normally because that would be unfair to, to vulnerable people. But let's let's keep it um, corona-free. <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I did actually go out irresponsibly. Um, Saturday. So I've been, okay. been sort of... You know, what was it called? Social distancing? Yeah. I've been doing that all day and it got to about five o'clock at night and I thought, God, I'm, I'm going stir crazy at home. So yeah. I decided to book myself um, into the cinema for a solo trip. On your own? On my own. That's all right. As long as you stay your distance and... and uh, well, this is the problem. When I got to the... So I went to the Everyman Cinema, which is very fancy in King's Cross. Of course you did, because you're already posh. Obviously. But, but it, you, you get us nowhere near where you live. Just go to the cinema down the road. But... But, it, well, one, they didn't have the film I wanted, which was Dark Waters, which was very good. Is it, what's it about? Um, I love a business scandal. I love a big scandal. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm absolutely obsessed with, you know, Enron, that kind of thing. It's because your social class, upper middle class, you love all the crimes you love. Everyone loves crime. Everyone's interested in crime. But you love, like, the proper white-collar crime, like embezzlement, fraud, insider trading, right? So, ten minutes in, we've had the first dig in my social class. <laughs> so, if right. I were to watch a movie about crime, I'd go and watch... Think about probably about a robbery, okay, or, <laughs> okay, or fine, a drug fine, deal. Fine, right? yeah. I like I like high class yeah. crime. It's like I said to Mimi once. We did so. She, her favorite. She said my favorite crime is um, is art theft. <laughs> so, all right, great. Um, so anyway, I, I went along to the Everyman Cinema, which I've never been to before. I've heard it's lovely, and it is. So you can book yourself like a you get a sofa. Yeah. between you so it's kind of like electric in Portobello exactly yeah. um, so I booked myself uh, an armchair so if you go by yourself they do have kind of 
designated seats for the losers that go go by themselves. Yeah. And I was hoping when I looked at this the screen, there was almost nobody else, you know, actually booked in. When I got there, it was almost full. Oh, really? And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I've got me in my armchair, and there's a completely full row of guys all eating, drinking because they know yeah. they bring the drinks to you. And I thought. I don't think this is this isn't quite right, is it? Yeah. We're, I'm meant to be social distancing, but that was the first time I've been to the cinema by myself. Were you self-conscious? Not really, not at all. I just I walked in. There's a lovely bar. I got myself a drink. They deliver it to you, which is the yeah. best thing ever. Yeah. I just thought, actually, this is great. Did anyone try and talk to you though? No. That's London, isn't it? It's brilliant. Yeah. Don't. I, would, I wouldn't talk to someone. Why would you talk to someone? What on earth could they possibly no. want? But in outside of London, outside of the people do talk to each other more I've noticed when I go running if I go running down where my parents live or out where Mimi's from um, every time you run past someone they'll sort of say hello in London no one says anything to you if anyone approaches me in London I get a bit bit scared because I'm like you're either going to rob me or something else but actually I'd say at least once a week I get approached on the tube or when I'm out and about and asked if my hair is natural. Oh, really? <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. Huh. Um, well, I'm usually like, okay, are they going to insult me? Are they going to compliment yeah. me? Which way is this going to go? But yeah, I'd say once a week, I get a stranger coming up to me and saying, hi, is, your, is that your natural hair colour? Like, oh, really? Oh it's, oh, it's lovely. Or they'll just walk off. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That's, I, I never knew that. No, there you go. That's interesting. I, I, I feel like um, if someone comes up to you on the street in London, it happened to me yesterday, actually, it was a guy asking for money. I was just looking. Like, no, You're sorry. like, please, no photos. I'm just trying to live. I'm just, <laughs> no, that I'm doesn't just, happen. I'm just in my family. I'm trying to live a normal life. <laughs> I haven't right. got, I've got a wife. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, so a guy came over and asked me for money. I said, look, sorry, mate. I walked off. But I'm so used to that happening in London that sometimes you'll, it'll be a tourist who's genuinely just asking for directions. <laughs> like, no, no, I've got no money. And I don't even take my headphones out. And I'm like, no, nah, see, sorry. And I'm like, oh, sorry, hang on a minute. Yeah, I'll try and help them. I don't know if it's, it's particularly in Oxford Circus, there's people selling magazines and... Um, Photo shoots. Yeah. I don't know if you maybe maybe yeah, you have yeah, this because yeah. we're not a target audience. No, but, but that's always, been going on for years. I know, though, but there's it? always some guy who's got like a brochure and he's like, "Do you want a makeover and a photo shoot?" And I always, Rude. regardless, <laughs> makeover. Thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> it's like your natural hair colour. Yeah. You want a makeover? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, makeup. Um, if I've got my headphones on, I just always say I'm on the phone. Oh really? Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm on the phone. Yeah, nice. And just walk off. Nice. It's like the old, the old uh, telemarketer thing that we've uh, we set the listeners as homework <laughs> is that. Um, the best one to do is when they call up, and the reason this is the best one to do is because it's a win-win for everyone. Because I understand that if you're doing telemarketing or you're working in the call centre, I used to do that job. It's not ideal. Most people don't want to be doing it, but they want money. I get it. So when they call you and they say, oh, is, is Mrs. Kirk there? Or in your case, Ms. Kirk there? <laughs> you just say, um, oh, hang on, I'll just check for you. Put it on mute. Leave the phone on the side. They're on a call, so oh. they get paid. They haven't got to do any work. And you don't get bothered. And then you see how long they stay on the line for. I've had people stay on there for eight or nine minutes before. That's commitment. I've actually given money to a telemarketer um, through just social guilt. So my university always call up during Easter and ask for money. Right. Um, to, you know, if you donate to the, the college or whatever. They absolutely do not need money. It's not like it's a charity. Yeah. But I was on the phone to this girl for so long. And they're students. They stay um, yeah. during the Easter holidays to ring up. And I ended up giving them 100 quid. And afterwards, I was like, "Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Just put the phone down. Yeah. Like, it's not like she did you can see. did. You follow through. You have to do it on the phone. Yeah, they take your card details and everything. Oh my and god, I was like, you're I'm a mug. So angry with myself. It's like peaks like that. I've given a hundred quid to a college that's worth like billions of pounds. Peaks <laughs> terrible for that. He give, he give, he gives money away like it's going out of fashion. <laughs> like I remember once we went out we went out for drinks, Pete and I, in, in, I think it was in Berlin, and uh, it was like eleven at night, and um, there was no cash point around. <laughs> 
and uh, I was like, the Pete, my, my debit card's not working uh, to pay my that card. Trick. You yes. know, the thing was, genuinely, I'm not, I'm not tight with money at all. I'll, I'll happily pay my way. Uh, and I said, can you lend me, you lend me some money so I can buy this round and I'll pay you back tomorrow? And he said, yeah, no worries. And he gave me 100 euros, <laughs> right? And I was like, I don't need 100. He's like, Treat yourself. Just take it, just take it, right? So he gave me 100 euros. It gets, it gets better than this. He gave me 100 euros. All right, fine. So I made a note of it on my phone, um, bought it around, you know, did, you know, did whatever we did that night, and then I went back to the hotel separately. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, although I have shared a bed with Pete for a week before, that wasn't great. Anyway, so about a week later, we're back in, in London, and we're in the office, and I said, oh, by the way, I've got that 100 euros for you, but I, I'm not going to bother about doing the conversion, so here's just take 100 quid, right? Mm -hmm. Gave it to him. He wouldn't take it. What? He was like, no, as far as I'm concerned, what happens on a night out is what happens. <laughs> Don't have to pay me back. I was like, Pete, it's 100 euros. I'm not taking 100. And he would not take it. I had to leave it on the table and he just wouldn't pick it up. He wouldn't take it. Well, I mean, we all need to go on a night out. Yeah, Pete. No, yeah. Like, so what I'm saying ridiculous. is, if you can go on a night with Pete, do it. Like, he's, he's, he's so generous to the point of. Is that generosity or just. I think it's rank insecurity, Laura, to be honest. Do you reckon? Yeah. He's just like, no, 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 I'm the guy who lends the cash. Everyone will like me. He's basically yeah. buying your affection. Yeah. By the way, have you seen my house keys? <laughs> <laughs> and my coat. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's take a quick break. Um, after the break, we'll come back and we'll talk uh, emails. We'll do emails that you guys listening have sent into hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Um, so stick around. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Luke and Pete show uh, with me, Luke Moore, and Laura Kirk. Hello. I almost said Pete then. Oh, thank you. No, that's a big, that's a big insult. That's really mean. Um, I know I've got no makeup on, but it's a bit harsh. Yeah. <laughs> no, Pete's always got makeup on. <laughs> um, we, um, we're sat in my living room. Um, it's nice and quiet, actually. It's very quiet, actually. You live bad. on a lovely street, a thank lovely you. residential street. Yeah, I got very lucky, very lucky with that. Um, our cats might come in at any point. Magnus or Hercules could walk in and start meowing. Well, that was the promise about why I'm here at, you know, early on a Monday morning and I've not seen them. So I'm feeling a bit ripped off, to be honest. No, you're the opposite to Pete. You're an early riser. You like doing stuff early. That's true. So it's good for me that I prefer to get that stuff done. Yeah, um, that's true. This is late, actually. I usually I'm a 5.45 wake up kind of gal. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you not, does that not catch up with you by the end of the week? No, not really. What time do you go to bed? 11. Oh, man, that is a killer. <laughs> I just don't need that much sleep. You won't be doing that when you get to my age, I'm well, telling you. Well, it came because when I was younger, I was one of those kids who um, I couldn't tell the time for ages. I found it really difficult um, to tell the time at all. So what I do is when I woke up, I basically open my curtains. And if the, the sky was like a dark blue colour, that's when I knew it was time to get up. Now, that's fine in the winter because yeah. it's probably seven. But in the summer, that's probably four o'clock in the morning. And that's just when I got up, so that's Jeez. kind of how I... What did your I'm... parents think about that? Um, well, they used to buy me crayons and things to keep me busy, so I'd basically draw in my room and then slip my drawing under the door for them to wake up to. What a great kid. I mean, is that why you're such a high achiever? I mean, I saw your high achiever. You went to a good university, but you're still doing the same job as me. But uh, what... What, <laughs> what, um... Okay, I'll leave that. <laughs> I'm not going to nibble on it, but okay. Is that, is that, do you reckon you... Noted. Did, <laughs> did you do a lot of... Did you manage to get a lot of like, schoolwork done because you are up so early? No, I always used to draw... Okay, just right. draw pictures 
Um, and I still do from time to time when I'm at home. So it wasn't like, you know, I was getting up, you know, smashing the hustle, you know, wearing no. a good LinkedIn stakes for hours up at 3am, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. drinking an egg white protein shake. No, no, no. I literally <laughs> just used to draw, usually pictures of flowers with my crayons until about seven o'clock when it was actually time to get up. That's crazy. That's why I'm an early riser. It's funny you mentioned LinkedIn because you and I are both fans of the crap on LinkedIn Twitter account, aren't we? I love it. People, basically, if you haven't seen it, this is a, um, it's just called crap on LinkedIn. It's just uh, screenshots of people embarrassing themselves on LinkedIn, uh, telling stories that basically aren't true (laughs) with some kind of mad message about, um, about how it can make you a high achiever. The subgenre of that is the um, the things that my kid said. Oh like, yeah, he's oh, exactly like that so about, about business, right? Yeah, yeah, so good. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it's it's weird. It's a weird thing. Um, I was just trying to find one to, to read out. I'll find one later. <laughs> um, but yeah, emails hello at lukeandpeteshow dot com to get in touch. We've got a load actually. People have been emailing in in their droves, which is great. Um, do you want to start, Laura? Um, shall I kick off with what Florida Man's been doing? Oh, yes. Do Florida Man sure. for your birthday. Have you got one for your birthday? I do have one for my birthday. Do you want to hear the birthday one yeah, first? Yeah, please do. All right. So I typed in Florida Man and my birthday. Quite a niche one, um, as they all are. Florida Man robs store dressed as Spider-Man. That's, that's quite good. It's quite good. Um, yeah. Just turned out... Well, apparently he, he came twice. So he tried to rob the store once, failed, and then came back wearing a Spider-Man mask and successfully robbed the store. So if in doubt, throw on a Spider-Man Awesome. That reminds me of the. Um, have you seen a film called White Men Can't Jump? No. It's a classic movie, 90s. Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes. It's about two basketball hustlers. Yeah. It's really good. Rosie Perez is in it as well. I no, can't remember who directed it. It's good. And there's one scene where the guy hasn't got enough money to pay for it because they, they gamble on basketball matches mm-hmm. and he hasn't got enough money. And uh, so he puts a balaclava on and legs it down to the local corner shop and tries to rob it. <laughs> and he, he goes, Give me all your money with a gun. And the guy behind the counter just goes, Raymond? Is that you? And he goes, no, no, this ain't Raymond. He's like, get that fucking balaclava out of here. <laughs> Classic. This, this LinkedIn thing, so there's, there's, I found one crapped on LinkedIn from someone who said, he's taken a photo of a child on the tube and said, this kid this morning has made my morning. Unlike every other kid on the tube with him who are all glued to mobile phones, he's doing a crossword. He smiles every time he gets an answer. There is hope. <laughs> Fucking get on with your life, mate. Stop taking don't a photo of kids. Don't the children on the gym. Yeah, exactly. Like, don't do that. Not today's climate. You shouldn't be doing that's that. That's very strange. Is he posting the picture on... Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Also, if, I'm sorry, but if he's doing the Metro crossword, that's not that impressive. The Metro no. crossword's for idiots. Can you do the Times one? No. That's hard. Absolutely not. I can't, do you know what I can't do? I can't... And this probably says more about me than anything, obviously... I can't do cryptic crosswords. I just can't get my brain in the right mode to Which do them. Which ones are there? Was- so basically you get, so some, with some crosswords you'll get like literal crossword uh, clues. Oh, yeah. So you'll be like founder of, you know, whatever. And some of them will be cryptic clues. So you can do, it'll, it'll be, obviously it'll be cryptic. Yeah, I think some people's brains just don't work in that like kind of lateral, we, you know, not all of us are gifted, basically. No. I'm, I'm obviously in the same camp as you because I can't do a cryptic crossword. Yeah. I can't do Sudoku as well. I cannot do it. Oh, really? I can't even do an easy one. And it really annoys me when I see people on the tube just like, you know, folded over newspaper, going for a Sudoku. I'm like, how? what is this wizardry? Oh, how I can, does do, this I can do a Sudoku. So, so, for example, a cryptic crossword clue example would be something like, um, so, so this is nine across, it's, the, the, it's two and six, and the clue is race around inside tree madly to duplicate crime scene. Uh, what? Exactly. <laughs> So you've got to get your mind in this weird kind of mindset to do it. No, no idea. Yeah, 
I mean, people are listening, well, we've got that straight away. I mean, like, <laughs> Obviously. Idiot. Anyway, so what's Flo- so email about Florida Man? Um, so this one uh, is from Pilot Dave. Oh, Pilot Dave's a legend. He's back. Yeah. Um, hi, guys. Just tried out the Florida Man search, and it came up with this. Florida Man arrested for pretending to be a ghost at a funeral. Classic. Now, I don't know where your head goes there, but mine is grown man with a sheet over his head. Yeah. Running right. around going... So Ooh. inappropriate. So inappropriate. <laughs> Do you remember that Irish guy recorded that audio recording of him trying to get out of the coffin? Genius. Absolutely genius. That's something I think if I did, knock knock, um, my mum would be horrified by. She'd oh, be yeah. like, just so disrespectful, Laura. When I'm like, well, I'm dead. Yeah. So bit, but the parting shot to the whole family and friends of what they remember you by. I mean, it's funny, but is that really what you want to go for? I don't know. I wouldn't want to go for no. that. No, no, yeah. no. I find that kind of stuff pretty awkward. I just, uh, yeah, I think that there's a time and place for that kind of humour. That's probably not it. Mm. What about this from uh, Kevin, who's been in touch and says, after hearing about the terrifying drunk journey home one of your listeners took when attempting a shortcut across a muddy horse field. Do you remember that one? Yes. Yeah. Um, it took me back to a childhood picnic in the New Forest. Beautiful part of the world, Ooh, New Forest. Lovely. Um, there I was sitting happily on a picnic blanket, munching on a slice of pizza when one of the famous wild horses that live in the New Forest took an interest in my lunch. Do you know about this? Yes. There's wild horses everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, mean, I hate to say it, but I did my uh, Duke of Edinburgh bronze oh, of course you in did. the New Forest. Of course you did. Which is great because it's flat. Not the in-betweeners. <laughs> um, uh, Kevin says, with me being a small child and horses being massive, I thought it best to get up and make a hasty retreat. Unfortunately, my route of choice was round the back of the horse, which proceeded to give me a massive kick up the arse, <gasps> leaving a very defined and painful horseshoe imprint on my bum cheek. <gasps> my parents led me to the car where they inspected the damage while I leant over the passenger seat when a passing family inquired what had happened. I don't think it would have taken a genius to work it out, but there you go. Have any of your listeners suffered injuries at the hands or hooves of wild animals? Cheers, guys. Kevin. Oh, my God. See, that, that's actually... I mean, I, I can see the humour in it, but yeah. if you get kicked by a horse... It's bad. That's really bad. My friend, I told you my best friend got bitten by a horse. Yes. Yeah. It's not... It, it, that, and by, I know I've, I've probably said this at the time, but it was many, many episodes ago. In the next day in PE, when he took his shirt off, it, it was... I mean, it was, he got bitten in the back and thrown on the floor. As a 14-year-old or whatever it was, when he, like I say, when he took his T-shirt off in PE, it was horrific. Was it? The scar was about... The scab was about that big. So you know when you see a scab on someone's skin, it's like, yeah. oh, it's a little scab. And normally they're about the size of a penny or whatever, if, yeah. if, if you're unlucky. This was a scab, like, the size of like an Easter egg. Oh, because I was thinking of this the other day. Well, when you just mentioned it I don't know why I chose Easter egg there. Yeah, but just, a large Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, horses' teeth are not, they're not sharp, are they? No. But there's just a lot of them, and they've yeah. probably got quite a lot of leverage on the jaw. A lot of power, yeah. Yeah, so I imagine yeah. that really hurts. Speaking of, speaking of that, you know, like a crocodile's got, like, a so much pressure in its jaw it can like smash bones and stuff yeah. but actually it's got no power at all when it's open in its jaws oh, so, so all the muscles are to, are to clamp not to open so you can oh, so you, you can you can force it open presumably if you're in yeah, a situation well, I've, where I've, you need to but I've seen um, I've seen it in the zoo where they've got um, if they're doing something or they're trying to fix a cage or whatever you can keep a crocodile's jaw shut just from an elastic band oh that reminds me of one of the worst videos I've ever seen on the internet and not with a guy that gets his arm bitten no, even worse. Right. I remember this, like, this was kind of the early days of YouTube. My brother and I were kind of playing around and this thing popped up about a man putting his head between the crocodiles. Oh, yeah. Thing. And it was like a kind of stunt show. And this guy basically puts his head to, to demonstrate the kind of, like, I don't know, some, something to do with the crocodile. And it goes really wrong because the crocodile basically snacks, snacks its, like, jaws together on his head. Right. 
And I just remember thinking, yeah. oh my God. And then my mum coming in and being like, what are you watching? What are you watching? I'm always assuming that those crocodiles, in, when they do that kind of thing, the crocodiles are sedated, right? Which is very cruel. It is cruel. And also, you know, I understand that on the surface level, ostensibly what you've witnessed there is horrific. But from like a, a moral, like philosophical level, if you are the type of human being that puts your head in a crocodile's mouth, you probably deserve everything you You probably get. deserve it, yeah, yeah. pretty much. And understand you've got a family and it's very sad, but really, don't be doing that. But he, he did survive, but he did have these massive like puncture <laughs> holes down his face. And the, the thing about but that is... What are you doing? That? Why are you putting your head there in the first he's place? He's going to be scarred like that for life. Yeah. And every time someone asks him, he's going to go, <laughs> oh, I just put my head in a crocodile's mouth. Why are you doing that? You You'd have to come idiot. up with a best story. Although, if you've got little puncture wounds down the side of your face, no, but it is there's a good, no real other excuse. No, and it is a good story, but it's just one that makes you look ridiculous. Yeah, agreed. Have you got another email there, Laura? I do, yes. Hang on a second. All right, so this comes from uh, David uh, in Melton Mowbray, which I feel like is somewhere near Berkhamstead. Is it? I, I don't know. I've definitely seen a sign for Melton Mowbray because it sounds like it should be cheese, but it's not. It's, it's a place. pies. It's pies, isn't is it? Is it pie? It's, Melton Mowbray is like pork pies. Uh, you wouldn't know anything about pork pies. You're, you're, you're posh. Why would I not uh, know anything about pork pies? Melton Mowbray apparently is in Leicestershire. Okay, not in Berkhamstead. Not, no. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's not a million miles away, but it's not that close. Oh, apparently they do also make Stilton cheese. I'll take, my, I'll take it back. Okay. But they're known for pork pies. There we go. That's why I know it. Anyway, um, so he says, hi, Luke and Pete. All right, rude. I'll take that. Rude. Yeah. Um, start off with my remote control batteries are just some Kodak heavy duty AAAs. Kodak, okay. It's, yeah, it's average. Standard bearer. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's not a new player. That's the ready salted yeah, it is, of, I think so, the yeah. co- of the battery world. I think so. Um, currently catching up on the show and have a new suggestion for great beers. Okay. I present to you the decommissioned rifle beer. Oh, this sounds specialist. Here we go. This is the sort of thing an email Pete would read out. It's not going to end in someone out their head blown off, is it? No. Okay, no, good. No. Spoiler alert. <laughs> a group of us were on a stag do in a big country house outside Barcelona in May 2018. And to our surprise, found a small arsenal of decommissioned weapons and a lot of dangerous farm tools. Oh, God. The classic stag do set up, but yeah. it took a bit of a twist there. Yeah. After a short while, things naturally turned to, can we drink from them? And once we found out that the rifle's barrel was open, we proceeded to use it as a beer bong. Oh, Jesus. He's attached a video, um, <laughs> but says, while it was obviously great fun at the time, I'm pretty sure it left a few of us, if at least left me, with quite the sore throat for the next few days after we returned home. Yeah, you probably drunk, you probably drunk a good amount of rust. I was about to say, yeah. lead, all that kind yeah, of stuff in there. Good. But great for the bants. Yeah, of great course. Great for the stories. Great to be able to email into a podcast to tell the story. And that's why you want... Um... That's what you want it for, bants, right? Your generation is all about bants, right? We, everything you do is for, can I share this on social media? Yeah. Can I email into okay. a podcast about this? It reminds me of the scene, have you seen the film Platoon? No. You haven't seen any films? I don't, I literally, any big film, I've never seen it. Short Time Redemption, never seen it. <laughs> really? Uh, so Forrest Gump, never seen it. In Platoon, they smoke weed through the barrels of their guns. Oh, maybe that was the inspiration behind might this. Might be, might well be. Uh, let's squeeze, who, who sent that email, by the way? Uh, that was David Grieve. Thank you, David. Um, good on you for not asking for your name to be redacted as well. That's what a lot of, <laughs> of our less brave emailers do. Um, here's a final email we'll squeeze in from Dom, because it's on the same theme as the horse thing earlier. He says, um, Darren's story last week reminded me of a horror night I had. Following a mate's birthday on the FA Cup final day 2017, I'd had a few too many, but I needed to head off as I was working home for, I was working the next morning. It was about one and a half miles down the road back to mine. In my worse-for-wear state... I thought I'd take a shortcut through the countryside. I don't remember most of it, save for those horrible flashes of memory you get from a very pissed night out. 
of the following. Lost in a field surrounded by half a dozen horses. All these stories about horses. Uh, scaling a barbed wire fence. <laughs> <laughs> Climbing out of a small, waist-deep stream. <gasps> and literally rolling in brambles. It ended in me making my own way back to the main road. I should have stayed on. And being arrested for my own safety. And taken home after a few people had called in about me. I distinctly remember the very patient policeman refusing to shake my hand as he had, in quotes, no idea where the fuck I'd been. <laughs> Uh, I've attached some photos uh, to prove it, which he has, and I've seen them. He says, thanks, Dom. Um, Why is everyone taking shortcuts through, like, fields with horses in? Yeah, I I think we're getting to the stage with this theme of emails where I think I need to point out that um, we don't endorse that kind of behaviour. Don't do it. But if you do, we want to hear about it. (laughs) We absolutely want to hear about it. Absolutely. But just think twice before, you know, you leave the pub the next time. Yeah, the road is your friend. One, I mean, because one and a half miles isn't that far. That's what twenty minutes. Yeah, twenty minutes. Yeah, but you know when you're pissed, yeah. and one you think you're walking faster than you actually are, and all you're doing is stumbling, zigzagging across the road. Yeah, and you have no concept of time as well. So you're like, oh, okay. I I'll, remember I'll take ten minutes. Yeah, I know what you mean. We we went to um, Mimi and I and a few of our friends went to a festival on the Isle of Wight in in August last year, and uh, it was like a very small festival. One of our friends was playing, so we just went along, and. Um, because it's on the Isle of Wight. Have you been to the Isle of yes. Wight? Yeah. There was no... For one one reason or another, there was no prospect of getting a cab and there was no public transport. So we ended up walking back to our hotel and it was about an hour walk, Oof. right? And I remember thinking, because I had a few beers, oh, I'll be fine, don't worry about it. And Mimi's a bit of a walker as well, so that'll be good. But honestly, halfway through the walk, because obviously you just get so dehydrated, I had such a bad headache. <laughs> it's like my hangover had come like, really early, and the last half hour was just horrific, absolutely horrific. It's never good. It's never good to be doing long amounts of exercise when you've had a few beers. No, and I think also, I've done it a few times where I've been like, no, 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 we'll walk, guys, we'll walk, we're not getting a cab, we're not getting yeah. a cab. And then if, if you're a woman and you've been in heels the you've whole got to night, your shoes, you've yeah. got to take your shoes off. And I'm not, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Do you put flats in your bag? No. Why not? Well, because then you have to, I mean, this is obviously a problem for the, for the female listeners. If, you've, if you're taking flats, then that dictates how big the clutch is that you need. Oh, uh, yeah, So you, okay. your shoes have to fit in your clutch, otherwise you're going to be walking around with shoes. So usually I just go barefoot. Just, Would not can't, advise. You can't do that in London. Would not advise, no. And also, um, can't you just take a slightly bigger handbag? You could, but... but it might not work with your outfit. Exactly. Struggles. All these things that we never have to think of. Exactly. You just you just enjoy your flat shoes. Yeah. That's it. No. So I do. I do regularly. People think I'm tall, but I actually wear Simon Cow built up heel. Do you? Yeah. So I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> I wear I wear a Cuban. Yeah. Heel at you all know times. The, the burning sensation that you get in the balls of your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like someone once said to me, um, if if you're a man, only ever wear Cuban heels if you're Cuban, and even then, don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on that note, we should get out of here. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another episode. I'm delighted to say, alongside Laura Kirk, she'll be back later in the week. Thank you very much for listening. Say goodbye, Laura. Bye-bye. And uh, do email in on hello at com. Let us know how you're doing. Hope you're staying safe in today's uh, worrying climate, shall we say. And uh, we'll speak to you later in the week. was a Stakhanov production.